Weekly Driver podcast gets support from americantrucks.com. Visit www.americantrucks.com. Welcome to the Weekly Driver podcast. My name is James Rea and my co-host is Bruce Aldrich. I am an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group and Bruce is the guy among the two of us who knows a lot about cars. We're on episode 41, Bruce, and today what I thought we would do is we have a lot to cover, a lot of bases. We're going to do, you know, just cover a lot of things that are going on in the industry. And so uh, welcome to episode 41. How's your world? Hey, my world's good, James. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's uh, dive in. What, dive in. What's, okay. what's your first one? For first one, there's two things going on in the world of automobiles that people who either were fans of the Volkswagen Bug Beetle are going to be disappointed now because 2018 is the last year. And also, even a bigger announcement recently by Ford to discontinue almost every car that they make, focus on SUVs and pickup trucks, which are hugely successful, and the iconic Ford Mustang they're going to keep. So let's start with both of us have owned uh, Volkswagen Beetles and other Volkswagens uh, through the years. So what, what, do you, what do you make of Volkswagen's decision to stop making the this iconic car that goes back to prior to World War II. I still have a 59 Bug. Will this make my uh, Bug even more valuable? I'm, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're going to stop it. Um, that's fine with me. I don't think the new ones are anything like the old originals anyway. So, you know, the, the old ones are air-cooled, totally different vehicle. Yes. They, they The new ones, they tried to, you know, make them sort of rip off the old heritage, but uh, they weren't. They're a modern car. In a in a bug body, yeah, I, I don't mind them going. I didn't I didn't think about it in that way, but I think, you know, where as you and I get older, we're both in our early sixties, soon to be mid sixties. Uh, that that car was good. It's not a good car for millennials who are raising families who have three kids or and two dogs. It used to be when we were young guys, it was a car to have, a convertible, or even going over into the Ghia area. It, it was it was a car to have. We grew up in the 60s and 70s where, you know, even going into Woodstock, it was an iconic vehicle. And now it just, in recent years, it, seemed to have, it seems to have lost its luster, and sales are way down. Well, there's not enough people that think like you. I think you've got, you <laughs> got to be right. over 60 to think like that, I guess, and uh, there's not enough of you around anymore, so. Yeah. They're going to drop it. That's fine. But they got something new coming out, right? Oh, yeah. We have neither electric. one of us is electric. They're going to bring back another iconic car, the van, the Volkswagen van. Microbus. Microbus, thank you. That's a better term. Neither one of us have seen one, but it, it, I, the, the look of it is, I think, is the old ones were great with all the big windows and everything. But this one, for a modern car, it just looks spectacular. Have you seen one? I've not seen one in person. Just the pictures. I, I, I like the looks of it. I think it'll be cool. Yeah, I think um, it'll be cool. Who knows? How, how far off is it? They've been touting that thing now, what, for three or four years. So Yes. Hopefully they'll get that thing out pretty soon, and it'll be neat. they got a, what's the, the Chrysler Pacifica with that plug-in hybrid, hybrid is yeah. like the only thing even close to it. Right. It, 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 the Pacifica and the Honda Odyssey, although it's a different car, and this new vehicle are in a very small category of cars, I think even if, if you were a family of one, you could buy and justify buying a bigger car because they're so versatile. I mean, the, the Honda Odyssey is fantastic. The um, That Pacifica Hybrid, when we saw it at the LA Auto Show a couple of years ago, it it would be a car like say, well, I, I really don't need this car, but gee, I love the way it does this. Or I could, 
if you know if you're driving someone, you're tired. Certainly, you could sleep in the car. Or if you have a you're you know two person family, your wife, or you have a dog, or you have nephews and nieces. It's it's a, the most versatile car I think on the road, and that the new one falls into that category. Well, there's a lot of stigma against buying one. You know, no right. You know, no. Uh, Young guy or girl, whatever, doesn't mm -hmm. want to be in that thing. No, that that looks like a family car. But, uh, <laughs> that's right. There's a lot of utility in them. That's for sure. I used to drive a van, and I, I loved that thing. It was just a big. Uh, I used to call it my my rolling locker room. I was into uh, running. Yes. And so anywhere I went, I could change in that thing. I could sleep in it. Everything it was an old Aerostar van. Yeah. But it's stigma. Yeah. It's stigma. Now we went to the uh, Pacific Coast Dream Machines. Uh, what is it, a month or so or six weeks ago? Yeah. And we saw the vintage one and we interviewed the husband and wife who had that car. And, and uh, it's, it was an, the older ones. And, and you could just tell by the, how the woman was talking and the th questions she gets asked and, and their heritage with, with Volkswagens that... Um, That's a camper van. A yeah, camper that was van. like a 70-ish. Yes. It was an air, old air-cooled... Air-cooled thing. Uh, Westfalia, I think it was. Westfalia. So, yeah, that was a pretty cool van. So, you, the, I guess what I was going to try to say is that you, they can't go more than a couple of miles like you, like you do with your older, with your uh, uh, bug, that somebody doesn't have a story or wants to know what it is. Maybe they've never even seen one, and they, they ask a bunch of questions. So if you got an old one or a new one, it's probably not, you're not going to be uh, anonymous. You're going to get a lot of questions. Yeah, and people yeah. want to know a lot about those cars. You can't be invisible in one of those you things. You can't be invisible in, the, in those at all. So, okay, now. Um, loss of Ford. Loss uh, of Ford. cars. Yes. I, I, I'll see that when it happens. I, I just can't believe that they're going to drop a bunch of car lines. Yeah, well, they. they press release said they were, right? Yeah, press release said but they were. I just, how do you do that? I mean, how do you do it? What's the what's the biggest selling, the uh Escort. Uh, what, what are the what are the popular other than the Mustang, which they're going to the see? Fiesta, Fiesta, the Escape, Escape. All so those. They'll keep the Escape, I guess, because that's an SUV. Right. But uh, anyway, they have they have a they have a, at least a half a dozen sedans, right? That they're going to yeah. Just, they're done. But all of that said, if you were if you were if you were Ford and you were thinking about business. And you know, you knew that combined your F-150 and your 250 and your 350 were that it's the top-selling vehicle in the country for what 45 years. I can kind of see them making that call, saying, "Hey, we're about business, and this is where we're really going after it." And the car market's tough, and so we're keeping the Mustang because it's the Ford Mustang, and we're keeping our SUVs and our pickup trucks. Everything else is gone. Yeah, we're talking the Fiesta. Focus and the Fusion. Yeah, the all F, very F, very F, memorable cars. Yeah, the F, the F words are going yeah, going away. It's an F word. But it, maybe maybe it'll be like somebody else that they even even going back to the the Beetle that they stop it for a few years and then they realize oh there's demand for it and we're gonna we're gonna bring it back. So maybe that's to your point that can't really see them going away. No, when a dealership if somebody walks in wanting a whatever it is if they want a Fusion. And people want choice, you know. Trucks and a Mustang now. Sorry, you have to go go to the Dodge dealership or wherever. Right? Nah. So, the, so if you go, to, if 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 three months from now or four months from now, you went to a Ford dealership or a VW dealership, and you wanted that next week, I'm going to have the the last the 2018 uh, VW Beetle uh, Ocean Edition Ocean Trim, or you went and wanted a Fiesta. You think that they're going to be in demand, I've got the last year of a Volkswagen Beetle or or a Ford 
whatever. I don't think it'll matter on the Ford Focus Fusion or any F word, yeah. but yeah. Uh, the Beetle maybe someday. If they don't ever make one again for 60 years, then it yeah. might be, but I certainly wouldn't go buy a car on that hunch. Right. Remember that woman we interviewed a while back who had the, the Buick? Uh, I don't know if she sold the car, but it's it's to the point where even if you don't didn't like that car, when you see it going down the road, at least I did, it turned my head because... It's 30 years old. It's 30 it? years old. So yes. the, so it's any car that's, I think the, the minimum is 25 years, they start to become kind of iconic or, or uh, what do you call that? Uh, they catch your eye. They catch your eye. So sure. may, maybe 25 years now, we'll say, God, they, I, that person is driving a 2018 Volkswagen Beetle. Remember they used to make those things? So maybe, maybe that would be the case. Sure, it, it could happen. And, and so certainly yours will be... I mean, every time you drive it, everybody stops, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody likes an old bug. Yeah, that's the right. The old chrome bumpers. So other than uh, Ford and um, the Volkswagen Beetle going away and the industry changing on those two iconic vehicles, the next thing that's um, out there that everybody continues to talk about, and some days it's a positive thing, some days it's a negative thing, is, you know, autonomous cars. And... And with autonomous cars, of course, most people think, or many people think about Tesla. So what's going on, and what have you read lately, and how has that changed? Oh, the uh, Tesla that just hit that uh, police car? Yes. A few days ago? Yes. Yeah, I, 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 stuff I, like that? Stuff like that, little things like that. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think you got to go all fully autonomous or not autonomous. This halfway mm. approach is, doesn't seem to be working. No. Because then people get inattentive. They're letting a car... Uh, you know, stay within the lane. Well, you really can't do that. There's a lot mm -hmm. of things uh, on that lower. They have it la labeled like one through five. Yes. Correct? Mm-hmm. Autonomous. Yes. Level five is full. You don't even need to have a steering wheel. You don't have to have a person in it. It'll just go. Right. We haven't achieved that level yet. And then there's lower ones, like one, I guess, would be cruise control. Mm -hmm. And, you know, two would be uh, the lane assist. And, so they have these different levels. So maybe the levels aren't too good. Maybe they should keep it at uh, cruise control and lane assist or something. Yeah. And when they're ready for the full five autonomous, then go for it. Right. Now, we know, we know that uh, Elon Musk has been highly successful. And with success and fame, oftentimes, uh, you know, controversy is included. And, and he's in a whole bunch of different fields, and I, I kind of want to be fair because obviously he's done a, a lot in his life and he's changed the automotive industry, but if you were him, I've kind of thought this through a little bit, what, what would, how would, would you, would you keep the denial factor going or would you just stop and say, we've got to address this issue right now and we've got to um, win over the public again? Because I read the other day that 23% of deposits on the Tesla Model 3 yes. have been given back. And I don't know if it, oh, if it all so. ties into um, the Tesla in general, his controversy, autonomous driving, the fact that the car doesn't cost what it, he said it was going to cost. So if that's the case, how if you were, if you were I'm going to put you on the spot, if you were Elon Musk, what would you do? What would I do? Yeah. I wouldn't have done what he did. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I wouldn't make these promises I don't yeah. know that I can keep. Right. Um, that's the problem, right? He never delivered the car. I mean, they're, they're right. just trickling out. So right. people are getting tired of waiting. And mm -hmm. it's like they didn't really start trickling out until, what, two years after what he said he was going to do it? Yes. And then he also, uh, he didn't meet the price point he said he was. No. By, what, about 
40, 50 percent overpriced yes. what he said. I mean, right. that's that's a broken promise. That's a broken promise. So, yeah, if you've, if you've taken, I, I think the last thing I heard was something between 400,000 and 500,000 deposits for the Model 3. If you're giving back, let's just take it down a little. If, you, if you're giving back 20 percent, of those deposits, that's a that's a lot of money that that is just kind of to me. I just call it limbo. I mean, neither one of us yeah, are dealing yeah. with those he, kinds no, of funds. It wasn't but it, limbo. He was using. It. He was using it. So yeah. he so the, the the he was. I'm sure he was getting interest. We don't. I don't know how that works in that big money world. But to me, it seems like that um, he he's got to change his focus. He's another SpaceX thing blew up the other day, right? And so he's got, he wants to build tunnels. He's done, and you, you know me well enough. I'm not in the, I'm not the president of his fan club, but it certainly seems that he's kind of at a point where he's got to change what's going on right now. Yeah, the With, press I heard is, is they're not uh, too kind to him these days. Right. And there's some investor fraud talk and yes, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. So yeah, he needs to get his focus on these Automobiles, yes, and or give everybody their money back, and that that transitions into um, uh, battery life on uh, whether it's Tesla or other hybrid cars, or you know we we've talked about the the um, hydrogen car. So the the alternative fuel industry is is almost changing by the by the minute. So what what what, what enlighten us about what you what you know about battery life or some thoughts on on what's happening in that world? Well, just perusing through the internet, mm -hmm. and of course everything's true on that in that regard, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, the best battery life practices maybe we'll just start there mm -hmm. is to keep the battery between ten and ninety percent. So you're never occasionally if you're going on a long trip you put a hundred percent, but the rest of the time it's up to a maximum of ninety, mm -hmm. and the Fast chargers are not good for the battery. Oh, especially, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Especially in Tesla, uh -huh. you know, the superchargers. It's not good for the battery. It's a cooling problem. Um, you're just putting too many uh, amps in there too fast. Mm -hmm. um, what's the go back to the 10 and 90? What, what's, if, 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 what's, what's behind that? It's, uh, it's, it's bad on the, the discharge of battery gotcha, fully. Gotcha. It's Thank bad you. on it. And to fill it up all the way. Mm hmm is is not a good thing mm -hmm. and filling it too fast is not a good thing okay um and also just in that keeping with that idea is that a bunch of smaller charges is better than full charges oh so if you're if you're going you know whatever 40 miles a day that's your commute mm -hmm. and you so your overnight charge if you could hold it between like 60 to 75 percent that's yes. way better than every night going between 60 and 75, then, then letting it go all the way down to 10 and go all the way back to 90, you know, once a week. Gotcha. It's better. Small ones are good. Okay. And I saw, I, I didn't verify this, but uh, what I, from, a, from an independent uh, website, they said that the, um, the battery warranty is eight years and 120,000 miles. Right. Is that right? Have you heard that? Eight, I've never heard it. Eight and a hundred. I've seen eight and a hundred. And eight I've, year and one twenty, and, yeah. and what do they consider not good? That's the big question. That's a big well, question. This one said it's seventy percent. When the when the thing loses, it only has seventy percent of its new capacity. That's when it's uh, really not good. That means a big graveyard of electric batteries. Yeah, but it also means that you can have a pretty poor battery. You yeah. know, you're down at seventy five. That's that's not 100% of your battery life. So if you no. if you were going 220 miles on a charge fully, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
now you're down to what's the math on that? You know, I don't know. 180 or something, yeah. 175, yeah. whatever it sure. might be. Yeah. And then you're really only using up to 90% of that, except for on a long. You're down to, you're really running around with a 150 mile car. So less. all the claims just go right yeah. out the window. Well, you know. In some level. In, in some, some level, yeah. yeah. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. Well, you know, with the Weekly Driver, you know, you and I have done this for a long time. I, you know, we go out and test a car at lunch or we test it for longer periods of time and and what you we, have it for a week. You have it for you're a week, but, but time. What are you talking about? Yeah, but but that's true. But I mean, with with you, because you you point out things that I don't see or it's new to you. Every, almost every week, what we've discovered in recent years is a lack of standardization in, in in two areas: how the car, how automatic cars are shifting in the automatic transmission, whether it's a knob or a different different configurations of that. There's no. Everybody seems to be trying something new, whether it's new or retro. There's that, and corresponding to that is how there seems to be a lack of standardization in, in, in braking, whether it's an electric brake or some of the car, even expensive cars, some of them have throwback to- Well, we're talking parking brake. Parking right brake, yes, yes. The brakes are still all, yeah, brakes all are, the same, thank, thank you. Parking, parking brakes, um, you know, it, it's driven us kind of both a little bit nuts sometimes, like where's the brake and, you know, whatever that, so that industry, it, back in the day, it, there was a there was a push parking brake. Pretty much everybody. And, and now it's now there's how many? There's dozens of them. It seems like they're all over the map. So yeah. Um, what, yeah do, what do you make electric, of that? Electric is really getting popular now. Yes. The, the tipping point. There's it seems like there's more electrics now than there are the foot brake. Yeah. Um, the electrics. I like the electric, but mm. you know some of you push down to go on and yes. up to go off, or vice versa, mm -hmm. which is a little irritating and then some are near the in the console right near the where you put the transmission into park yes and so the two controls are right together where they should be and then some of the uh parking brake electrics are over say up in the dash up in the left side yes as you mentioned the standardization for the uh, transmissions right. now the automatic transmissions seem to not it's not standard anymore no we had one, what was it, we were thinking maybe it was the Genesis. Yes. It had a, a, a knob a that knob. you turned yes. right and left, yes. put it in. Okay, whatever. And then the BMW that we had two weeks ago. That was really was inefficient. <laughs> it was ridiculous. A oh, $100,000 car, and, and it, was, it was by far one of the least efficient automatic transmissions we, that you and well, I had. We didn't driven. know how to work it, I guess. Yeah, we didn't know how It had it. two buttons on it, right. which, which controlled some of it, but it's right at a handy place where I like to rest my hand. Well, that's not a good place to rest a BMW <laughs> hand because no. when I was at a stoplight, I, I accidentally put it into park and I couldn't get it out of park. Right. There's yeah. a little button on the side and then you push or pull or who knows what it was. Yes. I got it to dry after people were honking at me, Yeah. but uh, not standard. And so you had to, you really need to read a manual before you drive the car, I guess, or. Yeah. and and. and I wondered if that's if, if every manufacturer, because the, the industry is so competitive, I'm wondering if every manufacturer says we have to do something different because the other guy's doing something different, or if there's some other reason for for doing all these different kinds of automatic transmissions and and 
parking brakes. It, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense why they're doing it. It makes, yeah, it makes sense to the engineer who yeah. does it. When, it. when he doesn't have any controls or reins to no standardization to follow, he makes them up, makes the rules as he goes, I guess. Yeah. Um, does that, is that, is it a good transition to talk about if it's, if it's, now they have eight speed, nine speed, 10 speed. Uh, have we reached the point where What's the difference between having an eight-speed transmission and a ten-speed transmission? Obviously, it's two gears, but do you need ten, or is it just because we're going to be a little different? We're we're Audi, and we're going to be a little bit different than Beamer than BMW or Mercedes-Benz. Or I think we have too many too many oh, too I many options. More is better. More is better. Um, so ten is better. Better than gas eight. mileage. Um, it keeps the motor in the power band. Okay. Um, so that or, one's on me or, for or, that or the economic position of, yes. of the of where the engine is happiest for the best gas mileage, mm-hmm. and also for emissions. If, okay. a, if a car could run at a constant speed, mm-hmm. um, the motor, I should say, uh, that would be the best thing. Okay, but it's hard to achieve that. Right. So, but more gears makes it stay in that one narrow band longer. Of course, we have the continuously variable transmission. Yes. But you know, if you floor them too, the the RPMs do go up. But yes. the continuously variable does keep the motor at a more constant level. That's what I was thinking. But people don't like that because the, then it's like a rubber band in there, and it just mm-hmm. your your foot doesn't match the the acceleration. Yes, that's right. So does that does that also in in this things where everything's changing and there's no standardizations on different levels? What about a Honda Accord, let's just say, not to pick on Honda Accord, they're great cars, but a Honda Accord with pedal shifters. What's what's the point of that? Oh, I think it's just for fun. It's just for fun. Because even, even like a $15,000, you know, whatever, entry-level car, some of the least expensive cars now have pedal shifters. And that used to be, if I remember correctly, that used to be more toward... The sportiness of yeah, a car. That's the sportiness, yeah. But it is a nice way to let you shift. I, I use it actually in my Subaru of all vehicles. Yeah. That's hardly a sports car. And yeah. when I'm going up uh, uh, Highway 80 up over the mountains into the up to Tahoe, um, I occasionally on the downhills I'll drop it down a gear so I don't mm-hmm. have to ride the brakes. Mm-hmm. Especially in the winter when you really maybe have to go slow, like you want to keep it down to 35 or something. Yes, it's, it's, yes. If it's snowing... I drop it down two, three gears, and it's so easy. You yeah. know where they are. You don't have to look for the gearing. So, gotcha. yeah, I I make use of them. So, okay. but mostly I think they're they're there for fun. Is it the same? Uh, again, you you have much more knowledge about this than I do. Is it the same with the, the the variables on the modes? You know, sport mode, standard mode, whatever the different modes are of driving. Is, is are those, Are you okay with those, or are some of those? superficial and, and they're unnecessary i think they're superficial and unnecessary but yeah. <laughs> it, hey it gives you choice Give right? you choice yeah let you play with something okay well um we covered a lot of bases bruce on um, the weeklydriver.com podcast episode number 41 make sure to visit my website www.theweeklydriver.com uh please join us if you have any feedback We always uh, appreciate that, looking for new ideas. Uh, And, Bruce, we'll we'll talk to you next week. Hey, that was was fun today. Let's, Let's do it again. Okay, cheers. Bye. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from AmericanTrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer. 
bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality. Visit americantrucks.com.